Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. After two years of lockdowns and uncertainty during the pandemic, consumers simultaneously are desperate to let loose and enjoy life and to reinstate a sense of self-control creating a complicated marketing landscape that intelligence experts at Mintel note is equally fraught and filled with opportunity. On the one hand, according to Mintel Food and Drink Associate Director Jenny Zegler, food and beverage brands hoping to capture consumers' attention will need to offer them something different, a new flavor, aroma, texture, source of inspiration, to break free from the rut that many have fell into at home and with limited access to new ingredients and ideas. On the other hand, she notes, everyone's comfort level is different, and so too is their willingness to stray too far from the tried and true right now. Likewise, after living under a constant set of ever-changing rules to stay safe during the pandemic, Zegler says many consumers are eager to chart their own course and make their own decisions, but to do so, they need more information that will both empower and protect them. While balancing these dichotomies may sound like a tall order, in this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Zegler breaks down how food and beverage brands can navigate what modern consumers want and why. This includes not only how to seize the opportunities offered by the desire for more enjoyment and their need to be in the driver's seat, but also how to manage their evolving ethical expectations, including around environmental sustainability and the pressure that they're placing on brands to help redesign the world around them to match their more flexible lifestyles. So after two years of stress and unimaginable loss, Zegler says that the biggest opportunity for food and beverage brands to connect with consumers in 2022 is around enjoyment and offering safe ways for consumers to let loose, have fun, and even be a little frivolous, while still respecting their different comfort levels and willingness to engage with the outside world. So enjoyment everywhere is really looking at the fact that consumers after these times of, you know, restrictions and mandates and all of these different changes and fluctuations, the stress and anxiety we've been dealing with for two years, that consumers are eager to break out of their confines. They want to explore and play and embrace novel experiences. And that's just one that hits at my heart. You know, I feel like we can all understand that. We can all resonate with that and really say, yes, this is something that I'm interested in. And I really think that that is a huge opportunity for food and drink, not only in product innovations, but just the way we explain things to consumers, some of the marketing we can do, just to remember that food and drink is something creative, it's something fun, it's something exciting. Um, And I think we kind of have a connection to that with that enjoyment everywhere. One of my favorite examples from last year um, was Barilla created Spotify playlists that were designed to last exactly as long as it took to perfectly cook different types of their pastas. And so I thought that was incredibly smart in terms of, you know, maybe taking away at the, at the most basic level, it takes away the need to have a timer on, right? So you don't have to worry about that. But also think about that moment, the fact that you could turn on this playlist 
and have everybody in the kitchen having a dance party and, you know, enjoying that moment together while you're also doing something else. And so I think that, that was really simple. And I think more elements of engaging with sound, um, with visuals, so whether that be playlists or, you know, different maybe videos you could put up as you, you know, maybe you're eating your bowl of pasta while watching a video tour of, you know, Italy. Um, and I think that is something that really helps to, again, make this less, make mealtime less of a chore and make it more exciting and fun. I think in terms of, um, that the different types of ways that we're curating experiences too for consumers. So digital cooking classes, different kits, different interactivities, those are still really useful. Again, that provides that inspiration, something new, a change in um, what they might be doing and the way they might normally be thinking about dinner time. Um, we talk a little bit about gamified recipes, especially as we see so many more people spending their time playing video games, you know, bringing that element into cooking, whether that's just for a new way of looking at the one, two, three steps of a recipe, or if that's getting, again, the kids into the kitchen, maybe teens into the kitchen, more people to understand hey, this cooking can be fun, it can be interactive. Um, but I also think that there's an amount of time of just that marketing and um, suggestions to consumers of new ways of approaching mealtimes. And so, you know, breakfast for dinner, maybe um, a bunch of snacks that are eaten on a picnic blanket, maybe that's inside, maybe that's outside, maybe, um, you know, a whole charcuterie board, or, you know, I think I've seen those dessert charcuterie boards, maybe snacks, smorgasbords for family movie night. Just that little bit of twist on familiar, but something that's like, wait a minute, that is simple enough that I can do and my family will love it. And so it will be a new and different experience. It will just be a new way of looking at all of these things we've had to do over and over again every day, but having that in a more fun aspect. So just finding you know, something that connects with your brand, um, a new way of approaching or positioning that food um, and drink occasion, I think will go really far just to say like, hey, you may think of you know, breakfast time as this terrible time in your routine. You know one has any time for things, everyone's running around, but actually here's one element of fun and maybe it's just a simple way of decorating your own pancakes or, you know, your toaster waffles or whatever um, and really just kind of shaking that up in just the tiniest way that adds that element of fun back into these things that we may see as being, you know, redundant after these uh, couple of years. In terms of injecting a bit more joy into product development, Zegler recommends food and beverage brands follow the same mantra of offering a twist on the familiar, whether it be through flavor, aroma, or texture, so that there's a balance of new and reassuring elements. When it comes to especially flavors, um, I think that there's still an element of familiar right now, especially as we're looking at, you know, tracking these uh, inflation uh, price hikes and things like that. For some consumers, it may be a time that they're watching their budgets a bit more closely. And not only the if they don't necessarily feel safe going to the store to begin with, you know, that's not necessarily something that you want to make the room in your budget to try something new. And you've taken the, you know, maybe quote unquote risk to go shopping in the first place. And then you get that home and you just don't like that taste. You don't like the flavor. You don't like it. So I do think that that tie in to some sort of familiar aspect. So whether that's, you know, mango with 
uh, you know, hibiscus, maybe something that's new to consumers. Or I feel like every time I go to the store, I see a new crossover, um, you know, in terms of the, the one that always stands out to me. Maybe it's because I have a, a strong nostalgia for it from my own childhood, but the, um, the Pillsbury Funfetti flavor. And that's in pancake mixes. It's in so many different things now. And that, I think, really is an easy way to picture and embody this trend of enjoyment everywhere, right? You've got the colors, you've got the nostalgia, you've got the sweet, the comfort factor, and now it's in all of these different categories. So you're able to experiment with that a bit more, but know that at the heart of it, it's going to have this fun, fetty flavor that you love or that the kids love, um, and that brings that element of joy. So I do think that, you know, for the next year or so, we're still going to be on this familiar track because any new purchase might be a risk, especially if inflation continues to grow. You might be watching your budget even more mindfully. So you want to make sure that there's going to be something within that. And if it's a brand that you know, a flavor that you know, and then it's just got this little bit of twist that has that something new to it, I think that's going to be a safer purchase for consumers. In terms of aroma and texture, I do think that those are two things that we've been watching at Mintel for quite a few years, especially in our global and food and drink trends. We explored, um, I think it was in 2017 or 2018, an entire trend around um, food and drink textures called new sensations. And so that's something that still is kind of taking off. It hasn't really grown too much. But again, with some of those crossovers, um, I think Lay's has some interesting ones in terms of, you know, changing the texture of, you know, the Flamin' Hot Cheetos that you know and love and the Funyuns that you know and love and bringing that into a new texture. But also having some elements of newness. Um, we've seen, you know, boba tea or tapioca bubbles pop up in new places. Um, in fruit cups, I saw an oatmeal the other day when I was at Whole Foods that had um, some, you know, uh, bubble tea bubbles. And so just, again, some sort of twist on the familiar, something that's new and different, um, and has that aspect of just novelty, fun, um, and excitement. And then aromas is something huge that I think that we just don't consider enough. Again, if we think about those people who were making their own coffee and making their own sourdough, there were a lot of aromas that went along with that. Um, and I think a lot of what we consider when we think of aromas is, you know, hot tea, you know, or maybe coffee, something that has that, you know, that warmth that brings that scent to you so easily. Um, and when we think about hot tea, there's an element of that stress relief that a lot of consumers turn to hot tea for. And now there's so many different functional teas out there that is bringing that relief. But I think we can tap into that so much more, and especially as consumers are spending so much time in front of screens, whether that be for work or for school or for their entertainment, I think aroma and texture are two elements and flavor that really bring that food and drink experience in person. This is something that you can't necessarily recreate. We, don't, we still don't have smell-o-vision. We still can't taste things quite yet. And so it kind of helps you bring you back to real life and provide that experience and that memory and maybe be able to turn off all the different multitasking and just really focus on how wonderful this tastes, you know, how good it smells and, you know, experiencing that new, you know, texture in your mouth or really just enjoying um, the eating or drinking aspect of it um, and finding those kind of moments to just really cue into that experience 
um, at a time when we're all, you know, obviously dealing with a lot of emotions, but also a lot of multitasking. So there's a lot of different elements um, that I love within this enjoyment everywhere trend that I think we could explore with formulation. As eager as many consumers are to break free from the pandemic lifestyle, Zegler cautions that many also crave a sense of control and the ability to make their own decisions after two years of being told where to go or not go and how to behave to protect themselves and their communities. And so she says some may not be willing to let go completely, preferring instead to weigh their options and make careful, educated decisions about what's best for them. There have been uncertain times. We have had to follow the rules and regulations, um, you know, handed down from different uh, different groups. And so we, Mintel really felt that consumers are craving a sense of agency over their lives. They want to be able to make their own choices. Um, the the keywords that I have uh, honed in on, that we've honed in on with this in control trend, are really empowerment and protection. And so emphasizing the fact that after these couple of years where you're being told what you should do and what you should not do, and obviously those things are changing all the time, sometimes it just feels good to be able to say, no, this is what I'm going to do for me, or this is what's best for my family right now. And obviously we've adjusted to that on a consumer level, choosing you know what we feel comfortable with and not comfortable with in terms of um, the virus or even how much money we are spending and where we are going. Um, but with food and drink, I think in control is really about giving consumers the information that they need to be able to make those confident decisions. Um, and I think that enjoyment everywhere kind of connects with this, that maybe the thing you want to stay in control of is that all mealtimes remain fun. And so you're always going to go for those fun products, and you're going to be looking for those fun products when you're shopping. Um, but we also know that consumers are you know, more conscious of the value of products, especially, again, as those economic restrictions um, in terms of people's budgets and inflation um, are growing and are kind of top of mind. There could be that you want to stay in control of the convenience. You don't want this meal to take longer than 30 minutes. So what can I do? What types of products can I buy? What types of recipes can I follow? Potentially the biggest one that I think is kind of somewhat easy to understand within control, it's health. Consumers want to get into control of their health. Maybe they're looking at eating healthily. Maybe they want to manage their stress better. You know, maybe their immune system is part of that stress or anxiety that they have. So that could be a health priority. Um, and so within control, I think it's also communicating to consumers that if these are better for you products in some aspects, making that information easy for them to understand. So um, in the past couple of years, I've seen so many more, you know, convenient keto products. So if that's something that consumers are following a keto diet and that's the way they want to get their health back on track right now, they have so many different options versus, you know, trying to create their own recipes or follow their own rules. They have a lot more um, ready-to-buy products that are designed for that keto lifestyle. Uh, but then there's also elements of health, as I mentioned, maybe immune health is something that consumers are looking for. So maybe I want um, not only those vitamins and minerals and supplements um, in immune health that are going to make me feel like I'm protecting myself uh, and my family before I leave the door, you know, I'm keeping myself safe and my family safe. 
Um, but then also maybe it's not only those vitamins, minerals, and supplements. Maybe it's the snacks. It's I've seen immune health in teas, you know, in juices. There's so many different ways that maybe it's just this small amount of protection that you're building into that daily routine to know you're taking some amount of steps to keep yourself healthy or to keep yourself um, safe. And so within control, what I think is really important with this trend is to recognize that uh, consumer priorities change. They have changed over the past couple of years. They may change within the factor of a day. Maybe I started off super healthy today, and by the end of the day, the events of the day, my emotions of the day, maybe even the news of the day, I'm full-on going into comfort food for dinner. So there's still that element of um, fluctuation. And so with this in-control trend, it's really giving consumers that information that they need, um, whether that be on the actual packaging or whether that be in marketing, so that they know that whatever their priorities might be, this product is going to fit that. So if you're following a specific diet, it's going to be in line with that. If you're just looking for lower sugar, this is a product for you. If you want a specifically designed product, if you want to, um, you know, for keto or for um, sustainability, we have that as well. So it's really just positioning the advantages of that product so that consumers can make those choices easily and really feel empowered by their choices that they had, you know, the control and the agency over this one item in this, you know, somewhat chaotic world we've been living in for the past couple of years. Um, One example that I really like is um, Celestial Seasonings Hot Teas has this line of tea well products. And they run the gamut of um, all these different functionalities. And I think it really, again, goes to this fact that um, our priorities might shift day to day, week to week. Um, but having these products at home and the ability to say, oh, no, you know, Tommy came home from school and he's got a little bit of a sniffle. I don't know what it is. Let's break out the immune health products and let's make sure that we're keeping ourselves safe. Um, as well as within this line, you know, you could go to the stress relief um, side of things. Or if you are having trouble sleeping, there's a sleep tea as well. And so really encapsulating under a brand that consumers know with Celestial Seasonings, then having this overall wellness line that you can pick and choose from that um, what works for you, what your priorities might be. Um, I think that that's a really interesting way of looking at things to give consumers that level of choice. Closely related to the trend of consumers wanting to be in control is their desire to do business with companies with which they share the same values socially and politically. But as Zegler explains, companies and brands don't have to be perfect. Consumers understand that many top social and political issues are in flux. They just want to know where businesses stand and where they ultimately want to be. On the sustainable and ethical side of things, that there's, you know, brands that are raising some of these issues and really committing to some of these issues and making consumers aware of the fact that they are working on this. Um, And that actually goes to two of the other consumer trends from Mintel that we don't delve as deeply into, but they're called climate complexity and ethics check. And as our team of global food and drink analysts were looking at these different consumer trends, we really felt that the elements of environmental friendliness and ethics are another part of things that consumers are going to remain, want to remain in control of. So if you really care about the environmentally friendly aspects of a product, 
that is information that's going to be pertinent to you. If you are committed to certain ethical aspects, you know, farmer welfare, water conservation, um, then these ethical claims are what's going to resonate with you, and that's what you're going to want to see. And with those uh, trends, they're also really looking at that honest accountability and that transparency, um, consumers recognizing that this is a process. We can't just snap our fingers and all of a sudden we are you know, a carbon-free business. That's not possible. So what are the steps that you're taking along that road? Um, and so I think that the more claims we can provide to those consumers, the more things that we can share. And so many companies already have these uh, policies in place. These are things that they have you know, corporate reports out about. They have entire sustainability reports. But they may not necessarily be doing as much on the consumer um, communication side of things. So just letting them know. Um, or building entire brands around this. Um, a, a great example that we have been following out of the UK is um, the Tony's Chocolonely line. And so that is um, an ethical chocolate brand that's dedicated to making chocolate slave-free in um, the aspects of farming. And so that brand is entirely built around that proposition and is expanding into so many different markets. They've done co-branding options with other products. Um, so really raising that ethical issue and communicating more about that. As brands consider how to engage with consumers across different ethical and lifestyle touch points, Zegler encourages them to also rethink where they engage with consumers. She explains that by shrinking many consumers' worlds, the pandemic established a more flexible mindset about the function and meaning of physical spaces, which savvy marketers can use to their advantage. Consumers are looking for more function and meaning from both the physical spaces where they're spending their time, like the brick and mortar places, their homes, you know, the restaurants they might be going to, the stores they might be going to, as well as the digital places that people are increasingly spending their time. So, you know, those video game realms, um, maybe those social network circles, and maybe in a couple of years, the metaverse, um, you know, that, that murky topic that we're hearing more about. Um, and so what I think is exciting about flexible spaces is that if we ground this in what many of us know, that in 2020 and 2021, our homes became so many different things. They were our home offices. They were schools. They were work, uh, you know, they were gyms. Um, they were so many different things. They became bars, you know, restaurants. They, they became everything to us. And so with flexible spaces, it's taking that idea of um, being able to, uh, you know, change the way we look at a space and provide more of that. Maybe it's support um, in terms of maybe going to, you know, your Target or your CVS and being able to see a doctor there. We've seen that, obviously, for years. Um, but it also could be that element of fun. So those pop-up places, especially that we saw, you know, growing before the pandemic, where you're able to have this immersive brand experience. Um, and I think that that's something that um, we will continue to watch outside of the pandemic. Again, giving consumers a reason to come out of their homes, 
something, the pop-up spaces I think really connect well with that. It's limited edition. You've got to come check this out now. Um, it's something that you know, is new and different, and it's a way that if you absolutely love this really familiar brand, um, I always go to Flame and Hot Cheetos in this example, but I feel like that's a brand that has a lot of passion behind it. Um, and so if you absolutely love your Flame and Hot Cheetos, here is Flame and Hot Cheetos world, and here is what this looks like. And you can only see it for two weeks, so you know, you better make your way there. Um, and so with flexible spaces, it's about really rethinking these places where we're spending time and making that more, um, more of a way to celebrate consumers or connect consumers in new ways or maybe spark that creativity. So maybe you go to a pop-up um, experience and you learn, you know, new ways to, to look at Pop-Tarts and then you're applying that at home. So you're eating them for dessert. You're you know, having them as a snack. You're, and so sparking that creativity that we talked about at the start with enjoyment everywhere. We know consumers are looking for that fun and frivolity. Um, but for those, you know, the people that are working from home or working hybrid lifestyles, is it, um, where can they go if they want that level of social aspect? Um, so can they, uh, you know, the Starbucks was always there as that third place, but maybe it's a food hall that they're going to work at that's nearby um, or, uh, you know, a craft brewery that they can sit at and maybe have a non-alcoholic beer during the day. And then once that turns into happy hour, they're having um, a, a, an alcoholic beer and meeting new people. And so there's a lot of different ways we can visualize this and really bring this to life to, again, spark that creativity, but also celebrate consumers, invite them in in new ways, and just really change their approach to how they may think of our space. You know, we are not just a brewery that you go to at night. We are um, some place where you could maybe safely and easily work, and it's a calm space during the day. Um, but you could also meet people there and get more connected to your community. Um, you know, we're a grocery store that you can also have your birthday party at. Um, there's a lot of different ways that um, places can kind of change the meaning, but also not stray too far from what their initial goal is. So we don't want the grocery store that hosts birthday parties to just be solely dedicated to birthday parties and not be somewhere where you can get, you know, lettuce and cereal and milk. Um, <laughs> and I think with flexible spaces, there's also an interesting aspect of that digital um, network. And so um, exploring more about what brands can do to stay relevant, that if more consumers are living um, these hybrid lifestyles and are spending more time online, so whether that be you know, video games, social media, you know, different digital realms, how do we remind them that, you know, our brands are still there and we're part of this community? Um, there's a lot of different ways to approach that and make sure that we're staying um, relevant and top of mind with consumers and that they can use our brands and the brands they love as ways to express themselves, whether that be within their own home, whether that be something if they're out of home and going to those pop-up experiences, um, but also in the digital realm that they're finding, um, you know, our, our bars or our restaurants or our pop-up shops in that metaverse if that's where they're spending their time. Across all of these trends and marketing opportunities is a common theme that Zegler encourages brands to remember, which is consumers are looking for support, whether that's in spicing things up, unpacking difficult ethical decisions, or navigating evolving comfort levels in public and private spaces. 
And so she advises companies to move forward and help consumers move forward, but with care, patience, and empathy. So I know that we unpacked a lot in this episode, and if you're interested in learning more about any of these topics, I encourage you to visit Mintel.com and look at their 2022 Global Consumers Trends Report, which explores in greater depth, quote, what consumers want and why, now, next, and in the future. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this installment and will join me again next week. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week. <music>